I've been a priest uh, for eight years, and I've only done a handful of pilgrimages, just usually not enough time and in a schedule to do them. But Father Kaz has stated to me that the priest, the Marian father that began the Marian Helper Center used to do up to as many as four a year. I said, Father, I don't think I've done four in my eight years as a priest, but I have a couple that are scheduled to happen. They were delayed by COVID. And one, with them, one of them is with Steve Ray. Some of you may know is a very well-known Catholic convert from the Protestant faith. And the one that I did go on with him was to the Holy Land. Now, the Sea of Galilee that Father Bob just read about is also known as the Gennesaret and I think Sea of Tiberias. But what's interesting about it is there's only one section of that lake that grass naturally grows. And it would be in full in the springtime because Father Bob just read that the Passover was near. And when we were there, the grass was in, I don't know if you'd say grass is in bloom, but the grass was there. And that's one spot. I don't know if I've ever had a more surreal experience in my entire life than being in what we believed was the exact spot Jesus performed this miracle. I can't explain. They always say people who have experiences of after death or experiences of heaven, they can't explain it. St. Faustina said that all the time. I can't put into words. And I remember thinking, just being in the spot where Jesus was, if I am that, if it's that difficult to put into words, what will it be when you actually meet Christ? And so <clears throat> Christ gives us the way to do that through his body, blood, soul, and divinity, which is the Eucharist. Now, the feeding of the 5,000 that we just read is the only miracle other than the resurrection that appears in all four Gospels. It's the only one. And it shows, though, that there is not the same miracle. Depending on which Gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, there's a different miracle because there's different number of people, different number of loaves. In this case, the boy had it. In another one of the Gospels, Jesus makes the apostles give their own. There's a different number of baskets that are left. I think it's 12 and seven, but it shows they're different miracles. So our Lord is stressing the importance of what this action is. In some way, and, and many have said that, and this was what really gets me, that this wasn't a miracle at all. The miracle was Jesus getting people to share. <laughs> Trust me, don't fall for that. This is a common misconception that the true miracle was Jesus got selfish people to care for each other, that there was no multiplication of loaves. Eh, wrong. And so this is our story today. Now, it seems that the apostles, though, forgot all about Jesus's other miracle. This is what's interesting. I'm looking at this thinking we are stubborn. We don't learn. I'm worse than, than, than anybody for this because we need to learn. 
And the apostles seemed to forget about Jesus' other miracle because they still didn't trust. Cana was before this. Uh, we're reading John 6. Cana was in what? John 2 is early in John. And so Cana already happened. And yet the apostles, if they remembered Cana, they should have asked Jesus to meet the need like you did at Cana, not send the people away. So there's hope for the rest of us. If the apostles don't even get it, don't get frustrated that you don't. We are a work in progress or process. So what happens? They used here the food of a little boy, the loaves and the fish. Sometimes in the other readings, Jesus tells the apostles to give what they have. So we can learn here what it means to give and sacrifice and serve our brothers. Now, Jesus has compassion. It stresses that even in the other gospels. Now, the thing is, in our humanity, it is human to avoid the trouble of helping. I'm sorry, I'm too busy. I'm sorry, I'm too busy. I can't really help you unload that truck right now. I, I got a million things to do. That's a common problem I deal with because I got a long list of things I got to do, but I want to try to make sure, Lord, help me with the grace to make the effort to be available to others in need. But if that's human, divine is to be moved to help. And this is what our Lord teaches. So the apostles are basically saying, send them away. We don't want to be troubled here. They're thinking humanly in the human standpoint. So they're saying, we're in this remote place. Can anyone get enough food to eat? It's going to take 200 days wages, Philip says. So the Israelites, this all comes together. Last week, I gave a homily about comparing Jesus and Moses and how Moses brought the bread from heaven, the manna in the desert. See the connection here? The Israelites faced the same problem. They had all these people in the wilderness. Now you got 5,000 people in the wilderness. Moses' people were on a journey. These people had all journeyed to the Sea of Galilee. What happened with Moses? Their God gave them the manna, the food from heaven, and now Jesus himself will do the same, but in a greater way. So Jesus is this new Moses. And last week, that homily on Jesus being the new Moses, I thought is something we don't meditate on enough. This is what will bring the Jews, I believe, to Christianity and to Christ. So right after the miracle, though, in, in, in this um, capacity, Jesus then does the transfiguration on the mountain. That comes pretty close after this feeding of the 5,000. Now, what happens on the transfiguration? Jesus meets who? Moses, right, on the mountain. Jesus is now the new Moses. It says here clearly, Father Bob read, he goes up the mountain. Now, his face on the transfiguration is shining just like Moses' did when he was on Sinai. But now we have the true fulfillment. Jesus, the new Moses. And what does Jesus do? He feeds the people. And it shows that Christ will feed you if you seek him. Christ, all of us in our lives are like, 
I'm missing something. I'm not fulfilled. There's got to be more to life than this. I was speaking with a young man that I met here on the grounds yesterday. And he said, Father, I came here. I've never been here because there's just, I'm searching, I'm looking. There's got to be more to life than what I'm experiencing. So I'm here. That's kind of the reason why sometimes God lets us struggle or suffer. Because it's then, like this young man, that he decided to turn to God. Sometimes it's our last choice, our last resort, but God will take it, right? So you come seeking Jesus, he will reward you here with the true food, the bread of life. Now we see that a disciple, and I think this to me is what is most striking about this passage. Jesus gives this to the disciples. Well, what's interesting is we see that the disciple is helpless without our Lord. They can't multiply the bread. They say, we, what are we going to do? We can't feed these people. So the disciple needs Jesus, right? Jesus, do something. But what's interesting is Jesus also needs the disciples. Well, Father, Jesus doesn't need anybody true, but he chooses it that way. The Lord is basically helpless without his disciples, not because he can't be, but because he chooses to work through others. This is how God has always done it since the Old Testament. There's nobody between God and man except Jesus Christ. True between Jesus and the Father, but there's many ways to Jesus. Who brought Peter to Jesus? Andrew. We just heard Andrew mentioned here. Who brought um, Nathaniel to Jesus? Philip. We just heard about Philip in this reading. Who brought me to Jesus? My parents. Who brought my sister to Jesus? I hope I did. This is the misconception of non-Catholics. That nobody is allowed. No Mary, no saints, nobody. It says only Jesus is the way. Yes, Jesus is the only way to heaven, but there's many ways to Jesus. Have you ever brought anybody to Jesus? Have you brought a coworker, a relative, a family, a friend? That's what we're called to do. So Mary is a great way. The disciples are a great way. Jesus chooses to work through other people. He could have went to every person in the world when he came to earth individually, but he chose to go through 12 so he's basically saying, come, come to me as you are. Bring me what little you have and I will use it. Man, isn't that hope? He needs people to give him what we've got. Even if it's something really small, like the widow with the two coins. No matter what it is, I don't have anything to offer you, Lord. That was the reason I delayed my vocation for years. I'm not holy enough and I got nothing to offer you, Lord. And, and that's all he wants is what little you have to give to him. That's it. He needs people to whom he can give in order that they will give to others. That's how God works. You know, Jesus basically tells these apostles that they have, and, and this is funny because they're like, send them home, Lord. And he's like, they don't need to go. You feed them. Can you imagine the apostles? They're probably like, what? Yes, 
this message of the story in this gospel is for us. Because when the poor ask us for help, we shouldn't send them away. And I don't mean just money, but other, place, other things they might need. Just a, a, just a loving hand. Eric Mall, one of the friends of our community, um, he works a lot with the poor and he says, I don't bring them things. Anybody can bring them things. You know what I bring them? My time, my attention. That's way more valuable than just handing them a $5 bill and saying, have a good day. Stopping, he said. Just who are they? Finding out what their name is, where they're from. He said, I've learned some of the most incredible stories. And it was from him that I was coming out of CVS one night. And I saw this woman sitting on the curb crying. Now, before that, I probably would have handed her a $10 bill and said a prayer for her and been on my way. But taking the lesson from Eric Mall, I knelt down and asked her name. I learned that from Eric because Eric was Christ-like. Eric is a, like a Jesus, that he's present not to just give somebody to something and then feel better about ourselves, but to actually be there present to them. That's the way of Jesus. So to finish, what happens here? All right, Jesus gives to us that we can give to others for those in need. And then what does Jesus do? Jesus gave thanks, said the blessing, broke the bread, and distributed to his disciples. What does that sound like? That's the mass. This is exactly what happens in the mass. Jesus first provided the wine at Cana, which was before this in the Gospel of John. What did Jesus do at Cana? Provides the wine. Now what does he do on the mountain? He provides the bread. And then at the Last Supper, he consummates it. That wine turns into blood and that bread turns into body. This is all Catholic. You have Jesus setting up everything here, but so many Christians miss this. What's the meaning of Cana? I, I remember reading some of the online comments that Mary does absolutely nothing. She cannot intercede for you. What's Cana? Jesus was not going to act. Mary interceded. Jesus acted. That's called intercession. So Jesus prepares the wine at Cana. Now he's on the mountain. He prepares the bread. Then at the Last Supper, it'll be turned into body and blood. This is the message. So Jesus gave to the disciples, and then who gave to the people? Not Jesus, the disciples. Jesus could have said, you guys sit down. There's no mediator between God and man but me. There is no mediator. I'm it. You sit down. I'm going to do it. That is the view of non-Catholics. But that's not what happens here. Jesus says to the apostles, you feed them. You come. Yes, Jesus is the only mediator between the Father, but the word Paul uses is not monos, which means the only one. It's eus, which means the primary one. 
which means we can have secondary mediators, Mary, the saints, Andrew to, to Peter, Philip to Nathaniel, my parents to me. This is the beauty of our faith. So what does he do? He gave the disciples the bread and says, you give it to the people. Who were the disciples? The first priests. They were the very first priests. You're looking at a precursor to the first mass. Jesus gives them the bread and the priest distributes it to the people. This shows that it's God's will that the heavenly food be distributed through the church. If it wasn't to be distributed through the church, Jesus would have did it himself. Jesus is using the church. This is why you're here and joining us. This prefigures the miracle of the Eucharist and the priests, like the disciples, will give it out. All right, to finish, I know I'm going late, but what about the extra? Yes, we should always be content with whatever God gives us is sufficient. And usually he gives us more than we need. When God gives, he always gives abundantly so that what we need is usually not only met, but he gives us more, more than what we need. Why? So you can have the opportunity to share. I mentioned Eric and the poor. Do you know what Eric Mall once said to me? He says, I'm not helping the poor. The poor are helping me. Why? Because God uses the poor to give me a chance to be charitable. Some of us sometimes when we help the poor, they, whoa, look what I did. Oh yeah, you know, I'm a pretty good person here. Look what I did. If it wasn't for me, that person would really be in trouble. But I, the Savior, I came and rescued them. No, God gave that person in your path the opportunity for you to be charitable, for you to practice virtue. It's for your good more than their good. They're only getting material out of it. You're getting spiritual and grace if you follow it. And so this is why God gives us more than what we need so we can share it. This is what it is. Like at the mass, then God says to the apostles, go, you guys go. At the mass, we say, go and announce the gospel of the Lord. What does that mean? God just gave you more than you need in abundance of grace here at this mass. Now he's telling you to go out and share it. This is the message. So here the people were hungry for something more than just physical food. They were hungry for spiritual. And it's the same with us today. This is why our teenagers are so enthralled with zombies and vampires. Why, I remember I did a conference for a confirmation. They had 10th grade uh, students and the girls were all talking about some vampire show. They were enthralled with these vampires. And I was talking to one of them and I was like, what is this with this vampire? And I'm not exaggerating this, this is unbelievable. She says, it's so cool that they drink blood and hag can live forever. <laughs> That's the Eucharist. You drink blood, you live forever. You don't need a vampire. So they're searching for the spiritual. This is hope for our youth. They're looking, they're looking at the wrong place with a vampire, but meet, the need of what they are looking for as spiritual is met with the Eucharist, the precious blood. You drink the blood, you live forever. This is the message. 
So God bless you for understanding why you're here because God wants to use you. And at the end of Mass, I want to finish with the announcement I made yesterday to join us in a new initiative that we're doing to do works of mercy so that you too can be like these apostles and be used by God. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.